Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This podcast contains strong language and adult themes from the outset. everyone and thanks for listening to Because You Watched, the podcast where comedians pitch the kind of TV show and movie ideas they'd never be able to get away with in real life. My name's Beck Hill and I'm joined as ever by the Chewy to my Han Solo, the Data to my Picard, the Rimmer to my Lister, it's producer Rory. Please don't call me a Rimmer again. Hello, that's me, I'm producer Rory. Do you know what, I was going to call you Holly (laughs) and I get that you're making like a rim joke because of rimming but <laughs> but also i just wanted to point out that calling someone a rimmer is a slight insult as well so i do apologize i accept the apology thank you very much <laughs> so together we're going to put together a slate of mind-blowingly brilliant ideas submitted by our guests each week speaking of guests our first guest here is a comedian host of the podcast hoovering and according to internet movie database in 2006 played zoo workers and the general public in a short titled <laughs> hello panda it's jessica foster <laughs> hello i can't believe you you have been kind enough to use my best credit to date <laughs> I just scroll down a really long way. Do you know what, actually? um, In terms of how far everybody's come since those heady days, that was actually one of those small world things. That was a short film that um, the Blaine brothers were making, one of whom is my friend Cariad Lloyd's husband. Oh, yeah, yeah. Long story short, we were all starting out. It was like, you know, amazing to get. 30 quid to stand in the background of a weird short film that no one will ever see. And then, <laughs> and now, I mean, Cariad's doing all right, isn't she? Um, Sarah Pascoe's in it. She was, mm-hmm. She's doing okay. And um, the, Never heard of her? Never heard of her. Never heard of her. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just did a, an equally tiny part, actually, but in uh, Sarah Pascoe's whole sitcom she's made. And those Blaine brothers have directed it. And do you play zoo workers and the general public no actually i played um woman having sex on a bus <laughs> that's how far on i've come in the 14 years but it was really good fun i mean i, I got to sit on a bus for a day in a dressing gown <laughs> in a dressing gown as well that is sexy yeah Moving along, we've got our second guest who is actor, improviser, friend of the show, and now friend of yours. It's Georgia Maguire. <laughs> Hello. Hi. God, I want to be hey, on that Georgia. bus as well, my dressing gown. That sounds so relaxing. How lovely. <laughs> it does sound really, especially if you get the back part where it vibrates slightly and the, and the seat <laughs> is quite warm. So it's yeah. like being on one of those massage chairs that they have in nail salons. Or like condensation down the window, like in Titanic, you know, <laughs> put your hand on oh. the back. Shh. 
Oh, I really yeah. hope they did that in the show, Jessica. No spoilers here. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just realised I always refer to you as Jessica ever I since like a it, friend actually. of mine I... pointed out that they don't like when their name is shortened. And oh, I just really? realised I always assume, yeah, and I didn't want to assume what name you preferred. So well, I've been going formal all these years. <laughs> it's interesting, actually. I don't mind at all being called Jess, but... Because it's so weird now that anyone calls me Jessica, I'll be honest, I find it slightly arousing, Beck, so please crack on. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to get all ASMR up in everyone's face. <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> Rory, what categories have you got for us today? What category? Just one, just one category. Don't, uh, Rory, calm down. <laughs> look, 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 you know, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I've only prepared one category for you guys today. And it is <laughs> exciting space travel TV programs, which is a real Ooh, category on Netflix. With 13 titles within it at time of recording. Five of those 13 are various different flavors of Star Trek, <laughs> including Voyager, Discovery, Enterprise, Strawberry. and <laughs> Raspberry, <laughs> and normal Star Trek. Um, it is actually the single most represented <laughs> franchise in any of the categories we've ever looked at, with 396 episodes appearing in there, which is wow. over 16,400 minutes of Star Trek. Extraordinary. So is anyone here a, a fan of Star Trek? Massive. Secret, though. It's a oh, really? secret. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. I really love the new series Discovery on Netflix. I think it's so good. And I've, uh, one of the reasons is they've gone sexy now. Like, there's 90% of the people in it I'd like a girl on. <laughs> it is a very good-looking cast, yeah, it isn't is. it? Oh, my word, they're dashing. <laughs> so, so I think that's 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 an important thing to maybe take note is when we're uh, creating our own space travel TV programs, it seems that the way to improve the formula is to add a little bit of sexy in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's been bold enough to, like, have a female lead character, yes. but just to make it okay, they've called her Michael. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's because you get the people who read about it and go, oh, I'll give that a go. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, they're so turned on by the cast yeah. that it takes them a full episode to realise that, oh, it's a woman. I hadn't even noticed because I was too aroused. Yeah. Uh, what, well, are there any other tropes that we should look for in this category, Rory? Yes. Yeah, so uh, things to keep in mind, uh, while we're building up our own ideas, it might be good to think about things that frequently reoccur in things in this category. Mm -hmm. So apart from Star Trek, which is obviously massively represented in the category, uh, some other entries are Lost in Space. Um, we've got Firefly. The new new version or the old one? But I think I think I think both versions are, are, are legitimate. Also, Battlestar Galactica, which has two versions. Yeah. Uh, Stargate. We've got a, a lot of great stuff on mm. here, and, and so it would be good to think about what we think of the things that constantly reoccur in these. In all of these shows, that there's a there's always an alien race that is just a human with a lumpy head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. An alien within the budget allowances of the show, so just a person with a lumpy head. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of like, yeah, that's an alien. Why not? <laughs> Georgia, yes. give us your pitch. <laughs> okay, this is called Space Pirates. Um, and it is Pirates of the Caribbean meets the Wild West in space. So here we go. So the year is, is 2080. 
Um, and unfortunately, sorry guys to bring bring the bad news, but the ice caps have melted oh, um, yeah. and things um, are not looking that fresh on Earth. Um, Southern Hemisphere is gone. There's a McDonald's on Mars. Um, <laughs> you did, Lovely addition. You just described like, yeah, proper uh, people are dying. There's, there's wars. It's awful. There's a McDonald's on Mars. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't mean to judge anyone's McDonald's habits. I do love McFlurry, but I don't think it bodes well for the future of the solar system. So and people are looking elsewhere for freedom. Um, and the rest of, you know, all the planets um, in our solar system seem un- uninhabitable. So like rad space explorers have tried to get to Jupiter, but burned up. Um, humans are fucking it up, basically. They're past their sell-by date. Um, so the only place that's safe is Silicon Valley, which is protected. And all its inhabitants there are living to like 300. But the rest of um, the planet has plummeted. And there's this um, like black market dealing in modified blood which can be bought to keep humans alive. Um, so there's a roaring trade there, um, but everywhere else is completely screwed. Um, so some of these like most feared uh, traffickers of this blood um, uh, are a renegade group of space pirates who want to be the first to colonize a new solar system. So it's like the gold rush generation, you know, idea, like everyone trying to be the, the first explorers. Oh, and I also need to mention that in 2030, this is a little side note, um, there was a leak of plutonium in the Pacific Ocean. Um, and since then, giant prawns have um, been evolving <laughs> to become like the world's greatest radioactive scientists. Um, but they also like Amazing. love to have like a party. So they live on this plastic island in the Pacific <laughs> Ocean, but have turned it into this wild <laughs> tropical paradise where they like drink coconut water infused with radium listen to music and receive human visitors who beg them for scientific intel so kind of the prawns are ruling at the moment and there's this head prawn this (laughs) this head giant prawn (laughs) called long tail and i was thinking this is up for debate obviously but it could be a green screened samuel l jackson um and he then long tail has a friendship with the captain of the space pirates called flea um, because she's amazing, um, and they agree to launch a mission together. So, because um, Longtail has found this black hole, which he says will take them to a friendly neighboring solar system. Um, so, Flea is like, she's like, yeah, definitely. Uh, unfortunately, however, on their travels, they meet adversity in their path. So, there are all almost like nine identical planets uh, in this other solar system but they're filled with terrifying creatures and perils, obviously, because there's a lot of peril in space. Is that the tagline, Georgia? There's a lot (laughs) of peril in space. Yes, definitely. It does make it more exciting. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And the rival gang could be called the Ranger 12s. So they've got less resources and less like prawny scientific knowledge, (laughs) but they are fighters and they'll stop at nothing to keep their solar system away from the prawns and from the the peril gang um oh and they're also children (laughs) so (laughs) they look they look really innocent and lovely but actually they're really dark and scary i like that a lot we've actually got a um a pet shrimp because we used to have fish and then we got shrimp to clean the tank Mm. and then one by one all the fish died 
And then one of the shrimp died. And then we just ended up with one shrimp and one fish for ages. And then the, that fish died. So we've had this one shrimp in a tank, like a normal tank for fish, but this tiny one shrimp for coming up to three years now. Oh my God, that's very moving. And we don't have wow. the heart to like get rid of it. No, you because can't. Because this poor little guy's been going on for so So we've called him Vickers. <laughs> From District Nine, and um, is there any way we can we can we can we can get your little guy uh, into the show in at least a name, if nothing else? Yeah, if Vickers can be like the pet of one of the prawns, because he's a shrimp. Yeah. So if yeah. one of the prawns can have a like a like a cat on the on the lap, you know, like you spin around in your chair and have a cat on your lap. That's <laughs> yeah. a thing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So Longtail can have the little shrimp. Is, I like the almost the the assumption here that somehow the prawns were affected by the radiation and became a scientific leading society. But but meanwhile the shrimp were basically unaffected and are now pets of the prawns. Yeah, it's a weird quirk of science, Rory. Luckily for yeah. me, I don't yeah. have a scientific brain, so I can make ju- wild, <laughs> sweeping statements like that. <laughs> um, and at the and at the end of the series. I don't know how you feel about this, but I thought that, yeah, she could go to, um, Flea could go to put a flag on a planet and then she could be like, hang on a minute, this kind of territorial behaviour got us nowhere before, let's not do this, uh, and Longtail finds another black hole and then they whiz off on another adventure. So, um, who have we got playing Flea? Um, I thought maybe um, Michaela Cole. Yes! Oh, I've yeah. been wanting a vehicle for her for ages and that's mm. perfect. <laughs> I didn't mean she hasn't got a vehicle yet, I meant on this show. <laughs> We haven't had a pitch yet where I've been like, ah, oh, I think she'd be per-. like, I you've been saving her for the right thing, and I think this is perfect. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, I'm sure she'll do it. She's not got much going on at the moment, has she? So, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Do you think her? And then we can have an amazing cast of prawns. <laughs> also, I think we should utilize this opportunity to. Um really waste some incredibly good-looking <laughs> actors by dressing them up as prawns. <laughs> so we get like Idris Elba or someone, <laughs> but he's in, a, he's in an entire prawn outfit. So you just get his voice and you're like, I'm pretty sure that's Idris Elba. But <laughs> yeah. you never get to actually perv on him. <laughs> just them, um, because it's, yeah, prawns, so not much acting would be required. You could broaden it out. You wouldn't have to actually use good actors. You could just use other hot people and what, just, for the, just for the sheer joy of wasting their hotness, get nice Jella in there as a prawn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we need. Oh, Channing. Um, we have him and everything, don't we? Oh, Channing, yeah, Tatum. Yeah. Channing Tatum. That's that's ideal because then he d- he doesn't he never needs to take off his prawn mask and say anything. He's just uh, a silent. No, prawn. no. He should just have a prawn mask, but the rest of him is his human body from the, <laughs> from like the neck the down. Yeah, just, and he does yeah. all the magic mic moves. <laughs> <laughs> a pr- prawn, a prawn, just with a little hole in his guts, and then there's just a human's surprisingly perfect abs. <laughs> Out. <laughs> he just flexes in the back of most shots. <laughs> like a weird Teletubby, but instead of a TV, it's apps. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Also, that is definitely a kid's show that I'm going to pitch now. <laughs> Teletubbies, but with apps. Nice. Rory, can you uh, whip up a, um, a Photoshop image of Teletubbies with abs, please, that we can post with zero context when we put out this episode on the, onto Instagram? Well, i tell you what, I mean, what, there's absolutely no need for that because uh, a simple Google search of Teletubbies with abs has already found me my treasure. No. So, uh, oh my <laughs> we... God, I can see that's weird. But I have noticed that a lot of these are just like, ones where they put a Teletubby head on on a thing that exists. What I want is instead of the TV screen in the tummy, 
is rock hard abs. <laughs> oh my god, like a peep, so a peephole basically of abs. Yes, perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've got um, Michaela Cole as Flea. Mm, yes, Channing Tatum uh, and a host of other good-looking people dressed as prawns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the Ranger Twelves, um, um, you know, all the kids, and they look quite sweet and innocent. But in actual fact, these Ranger Twelves. They're vicious. Ooh. What sort of villainy do the the Ranger Twelve do then? So if uh, Flea and her kind of ragtag crew of people and prawns, um, if they are you know hunting around for a new home, they're doing all these space adventures. What are the Ranger Twelve doing to kind of really scupper them? Are they uh, maybe are they, it's like know... Home Alone style, but actually really, I mean, it could kill them. So whoopee cushion, but filled with acid. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, but like I don't know. If, do you remember Home Alone? But like surprisingly violent. <laughs> Like, yeah, a you're lot right. Of stuff. But there's a lot of the stuff that Culkin does to those burglars is like, I mean, murderously violent. <laughs> so, yeah. we, so we have we have Home Alone style stunts, but the people are injured in the same way they would be if it was real life. Yeah. So when they drop a paint tin, that person's skull actually cracks. <laughs> yeah, it's quite dark. And they go into and we a see coma. The whole thing. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, see, the we whole see thing. bits of brains. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's very little space in this, but I'm kind of enjoying it. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. There'll be more because you watched in just a moment. But before that, I just wanted to remind you that you can find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook by searching for at you watched pod. Why don't you send us a message or let us know what your favourite movies are or what you think of Channing Tatum. Or even better, why don't you hop on over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. We appreciate it. Thanks. Right, Jessica, let's get your pitch. Exciting space travel, what have you got? Okay, so um, this is a show called um, Planet Whack. Space cuddle, eight million. <laughs> oh, I'm already in. I love this already. Um, and obviously it's this TV space adventure series, so um, it's where a load of sexy astronauts live in space on a massive ship where they've got holograms and, like, impossibly well-equipped, both intellectually and physically, doctors, as well as all the usual <laughs> captains and engineers and futuristic technology and probably, like, some improbably lush gardens on the ship even though they're in. <laughs> oh okay. yeah so um here's what happens uh, or here's like the bulk of it okay so space cuddle yeah. eight million is a massive starship um it's uh. designed um to be like a mediatory vessel sent to resolve any conflict um going on in space right and obviously there's always loads going on because it's space and everyone's really moody and they get a distress signal from a dwarf planet like think of, like i look white but in space real small <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, um, um and then it, they, they get there and it turns out the distress is because that the um the aliens that live on this planet uh, are sick of their own children um, so first sort of third of the show is taken up with them like trying to work out why and they realise that the children are geniuses um, and weirdly like so like there's something special about caterpillars on the planet as well um, and they try everything they can to try and sort the conflict out but they they can't and the, the people on the planet are like these children aren't geniuses they're nightmen they sort of disagree they can see that these kids have got incredible talent so they take the children and for a laugh they take the caterpillars as well away up onto their <laughs> ship um but when then they find out when they employ them on the ship um because 
everyone starts falling out and stuff on the ship. Uh. And at first, I think, oh. oh, are these kids are really creepy and they're making everybody fall out and stuff. Um, but as it turned, time turns on, it, they find out that um, the children actually are like whistleblowers because what, these genius, weird, they are weird, the children. And then some of them will be annoying. Let's not take them so that they're completely different to children as we know it. Let's make them uh, pretty annoying, especially when they're singing all together. Ugh. And then... Um, <laughs> Sticky fingers. Yeah. Like, oh, just the sound of it. There's so many adverts on at the moment to cheer everyone up with the sound of children singing it's, it's, not, it's such a horrid noise actually <laughs> if it's not your kid isn't it the sound of a child singing so let's make these annoying kids sing all the time and um, anyway they realise that they're not evil they're actually whistleblowers um, what the kids have found out is that all the people working on To Cuddle 8 Million um, have been um, having their food and drinks spiked with mood suppressant drugs um, by some kind of overlord federation. Um, and that was the only reason why everybody on board had ever been so cuddly. Um, oh. And now, because um, these kids had worked this out and as part of the experiment of working it out, had reduced the, the drugs that people were taking, this wasn't um, people like falling out with each other and stuff because something negative had happened. It was just being their real selves and all having to face their own emotions. Um, and so wow. they sort of have to come to terms with whether they can still be a little bit cuddly at least and how much of reality <laughs> they can bear to live in. Um, and obviously like a long way, I want to meet loads of cool space animals and like hurt each other loads yeah. and fall in love loads and do all that stuff as well. I love, I love it. it. I mean, what I've done here is rolled with like exactly the sort of sci-fi TV space adventure romp that I like, which is one that's actually just... A really fiercely messy drama, but just set in space in nice, yeah, in lovely outfits. The space cuddle, uh, eight million. Yeah, they are drugged in this way, presumably uh, as a way to make them more uh, kind of friendly or whatever for their kind of you know intermediary activities. Exactly. So they're kind of very personable and very nice. So they're kind of drugged in this way to be very cuddly and very happy. Yeah. So presumably the kids uh, managed to disrupt this in some way. So then there's a lot of conflict in the show. It sounds like of. Yeah, the crew of Space Cuddle 8 Million kind of still trying to basically learn to empathize genuinely with the the kind of needs of the people that they meet because now they don't have the drugs doing it for them. Yeah. There's kind of, they need to kind of grow as actual people and do it for real this time. Yes, exactly, yes. Mm. And they won't all manage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they go out the airlock. Yeah. <laughs> and what about the caterpillars? Oh, oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to skip too far. I mean, basically... Do you want to know the big ending? Yeah. Oh, please. Because I think, like, once they've got on there, it's like, well, you know, we obviously everyone's going to make sure the caterpillars are all right and everything. But the big ending will be that they, like, actually, they're going to find their own face, facing their own emotions pretty unbearable. It's certainly the people in leadership on the ship. So they do plan to get rid of the children and in quite a, sort of a bad, murdery way. Oh. Um, but at the last minute, they realise what a favour they've been done and ask these kids to stay but they'd forgotten about the caterpillars who secretly revolted <laughs> and just as they're all about to make friends um the, the caterpillars eat them all up and take over the ship yes <laughs> yeah. yes because yeah. actually a huge group of caterpillars would be terrifying with those little hairy legs yeah. crawling around are they human-sized caterpillars or actual caterpillar-sized caterpillars oh yeah i mean maybe they have the power to become human-sized because yeah. i think they'd have to to do the full takeover or it'd be quite i wonder if it'd be like grosser and more interesting to watch if they're tiny but they're like other creatures that are small but can eat eat things i just skipped at my own idea my whole back was shattered <laughs> but they can like a snake they can eat things that are way bigger than them so you get oh, to watch yeah, a tiny that. caterpillar devour a human 
And they probably love it on your spaceship because you've got amazing, amazing gardens on there. So the caterpillars just like multiply and multiply. I'd like all the characters on board to be named after objects. <laughs> yes. So the captain is called um, Tarpaulin. Ah, that's and, good. Um, I want that to be played by someone super hot. That's a great name. Yeah, like that's going to be Thandi Newton or Christina Hendricks. Um, oh, wow. Um, yes. The leader of the children is just called Trouser. <laughs> the ship's council is called French Horn. Um, um, the onboard chef is called Spork. There's a joyfully promiscuous one um, called um, Showerhead, who Tarpaulin, Captain Tarpaulin, falls in love with. And then there could just be one called Snood that nobody likes. (laughs) Not Snood. Not Snood. We always try and have an interesting way of pitching the show to executives and everything. Do you have a stunt that we could do? Pop pop a bit of drugs in in their coffee around the pitching table. (laughs) Watch them start. I mean... Just sort of like leaning in towards each other a bit more, probably touching their hair a bit more. <laughs> what I thought. Um, it would be really creepy to have a load of kids just like come in and hug them as well, wouldn't it? Loads of really oh, overly yeah, friendly really children. Creepy. Like loads of them just appearing from everywhere. Can they sing the theme tune as well? Mm. Yeah. So annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Planet Rock, eight million, going around. Solving problems. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was waiting for everyone else to join in. Thanks, you know. you're, doing, you're doing such a joyful job. We loved it. It's kind of haunting, and I like it that there's just a single lone, kind of half committed <laughs> yeah. voice singing the theme tune. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Producer Rory, what, uh, summarize uh, these. Hang on, I'll say it like I'm a captain and you're, and you're the computer. Okay. Producer Rory? Yes. Summarize pitches. Summarizing commencing. So we've got two amazing <laughs> entries into this category, which is ex- exciting space travel TV programs. First up, we've got George's idea, which is Space Pirates. The year is 2080. The Southern Hemisphere has gone and there's a McDonald's on Mars. People are looking for somewhere else to call home. People have attempted to get to Jupiter, but they keep messing it up. Silicon Valley, however, on Earth is booming. People around there are living to like 300, thanks to dubiously obtained blood that keeps them alive. Needless to say, there's a ragtag band of pirates led by their pirate captain Flea, who want to find a way to get to another solar system to live there. They are backed by the science of radioactive prawn society, who... (laughs) may I say, are all incredibly sexy. One of them even has some incredibly rock-hard abs that may or may not be Channing Tatum's. We'll let the internet decide that. Prawn Society's leader builds a spaceship using prawn science and joins forces with Flea to help her and her pirate gang find a way to a new solar system using black holes. But... It's not going to be that easy because following them are the Ranger 12s, a vicious rival pirate gang led by children who are determined to get in their way using a whole range of mischievous but deadly pranks. They don't have prawn science, but they sure have seen Home Alone and that's almost as good. (laughs) Flea does eventually find a planet and is ready to plant her flag, but is determined not to fall into the same evil habits of those they left behind on Earth and rejects territorialism and flies on to adventures new in another black hole. That is is Space Pirates. Rory, what? <laughs> Next Yay! up, we've got Jess's idea, which is called Planet Whack Space Cuddle 8 Million. 
imagine a lot of very sexy astronauts. They're all living <laughs> in space and they're on the spaceship Space Cuddle 8 Million, which is a diplomatic intermediary vessel piloted by Captain Tarpaulin, which is either played by Christina Hendricks or Tandy Newton. Uh, and their role is to solve conflicts coming from various planets around the galaxy. In episode one, they get a distress call from a planet who are absolutely fed up with their honestly kind of creepy and weird children. And to make matters worse, there's absolutely something up with the caterpillars. But we don't know what's going on just yet. They decide to take some of these kids on the ship, since they're so ruddy smart they might be able to help out. And just because they can, they scoop up a few of the caterpillars. But shortly after this, suddenly, all the people on the ship start falling out too. Nobody wants to cuddle, and everyone is really wound up all the time. Why is this happening? Are the kids evil? Are the kids cursed? What's going on? Turns out the crew of Space Cuddle 8 Million were being drugged with emotional suppressants to make them full of love and cuddles and be the perfect crew for solving disputes. And the kids have seen through this manipulation, revolted and cut off the supply. So now the crew of Space, of the crew of Space Cuddle 8 Million uh, must now resume their duties as perfect intermediaries while battling with their own personalities and emotions and genuine needs to be cuddled with, which, believe me, will cause all sorts of messy drama. <laughs> is this change a blessing or a curse? Should they return back to normal and submit to their drugged up state they were in earlier? Or is the genuine struggle better than blissful ignorance? Turns out they decide to remain undrugged and make friends with the kids. Uh, this uh, is shortly lived, however, as the caterpillars immediately consume them whole like a snake and take over the ship. And that is at the very least season one of Planet Whack Space Cuddle 8 Million. Those are our two ideas for exciting space travel TV programs. And I think they're amazing entries into the genre. Yay! Fantastically summarised, Rory. That was brilliant. I love it. Those were the newest contributions to the Because You Watch Slate under the subheading Exciting, Exciting space, space Travel. I like how we said that together, Rory. <laughs> Clearly, both of those are going to be picked up by the execs. But until then, how can everyone find you and follow you? And what have you got going on, Jessica? Um, I am on all the social medias as at Jessica Fosterkey and I have a podcast called Hoovering. It's um, all about eating. Yeah, my kind of podcast. <laughs> and Georgia, anything you got going on you want us to know about? Yeah, well, it seems hard to believe considering I'm sat here with a big, like I've swallowed an egg um, in a cupboard. Um, but <laughs> I did go on a motorbike journey last year and um, the, that, the seven-day travel adventure... You can watch that on YouTube under Monkey Bike Mafia. Yay! Brilliant. If you haven't already, please make sure you have subscribed to us and give us a lovely five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. We're at You Watched Pods. This episode of Because You Watched featured Jessica Foster-Q, Georgia Maguire, Rory Binks and me, Beck Hill. It was produced by Joe Grace and Martin Tricky. Oh.